Welcome to the High Hopes Phillies Minor League Rundown. I'm Jason Springer here with Jeff Cohen, following the journey of the players chasing their dreams in the Phillies farm system. Jeff, probably a nervous week for some players in the farm system. It was the Major League Baseball trade deadline. Can you imagine waiting to hear whether you're going to be able to stay in the same place or have to go? I mean, look, minor leaguers move around so often as it is. It's got to be harder to just know that there is this magic day when all these transactions may or may not happen. I don't know. I don't know how you deal with it other than you just play and, and, you know, you really kind of hope that you do get an opportunity. So, you know, if you have a guy who's in the system who plays a position like in the Philly system, first base, you're kind of stuck, right? Because you know that Reese Hoskins is going to be here for the next five to 10 years. It gives you an opportunity if you get traded. Now, that being said, the Phillies did not trade at any of their first basemen. So, uh, that's the end of this for this year. They did trade a catcher, though. They traded Austin Bozart to the Mets. And uh, you got into some Twitter conversations with people because they seem to want to downplay what the Phillies gave up because it's not a name that they know, equating a player out there giving their all to nothing. And, and you took that head on. Well, can, can we make it clear that a majority of the people don't know any of these guys until they get to the major leagues, right? I mean, that, I mean that's part of the, what our show tries to do is kind of teach people about who's there and get them, get them to get to know them. Um, Austin Bosart is a guy who we've gotten to know. We interviewed him last year. Uh, last time we went to Reading about a month ago, uh, we talked to Jeff Singer about him, and Jeff pointed out again that Austin's one of those guys that actually would let the bullpen guys pick out his walk-up music. He always seemed to me like a glue guy. You know, he, he wasn't the top star on the team, but he was the hard worker and did the little things for the team that kind of made it go. He did what a catcher does. I mean, catchers, for the most part, are guys that, that have to take on a leadership role and bond with the pitchers. So he did that, but... I don't know if you remember, one of the things that, that Jeff Singer said was that uh, they were going to do a little performance for us, which was, it turned out that, what was it, Kung Fu fighting or something? Mortal Kombat, Sorry, Jeff, you're uh, I'm dating not, yourself. Yes, okay, so it was it was Kung Fu related. And so when, this, when he did have his walk-up music, the entire bullpen started doing Kung Fu moves. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the move was made, and I had a friend call me instantly and go, what are we getting? What are you getting? You're getting a, a hardworking player who's a, a better defensive catcher than he is necessarily at the plate who will will fit in well in the Mets system, and, and we'll see what his ultimate potential is getting to the major leagues. The Phillies wanted to get another arm at the major league level. Your thoughts on uh, what happened? Nothing. Yeah, I mean, did I, did I sum that up? That had, was profound. Jeff. Yeah. Well, look, they, they got Corey Dickerson. I, I don't know. I don't know how that moves the needle for the Phillies in a pennant race. Well, it does allow Adam Hazley to continue playing. And he's a guy that we followed a lot on the wait, show. Wait, wait. Who's how does it, how does it help Adam Hazley continue? Well, playing? I think that Adam Hazley is going to end up being the center fielder no, but that, on that, the team. Okay. And, but you're and not Kingery is going to end up being the third base. No, man. but you're not answering my question. How it does it for the remainder of two, 2019 because, help Adam Hazley because I think that it puts Hazley in center field where they ultimately want him to be and allows Dickerson and Bruce to platoon in left while Kingery can now play at third base even though he should be at but, second but base. what is what is getting Dickerson do that 
Williams wasn't going to be able to do. Well, I think they wanted another professional bat, and they don't necessarily have faith in Nick Williams. You would think that he's going to end up being sent down again based on the, the bats and the people that they have to play out there right now. Do you, I, do you I, see them keeping that many outfielders? They've got Roman Quinn. They've got Bruce. They've well, I got, think Roman Quinn's the, the odd man out. And this, this time around, it's going to be Roman Quinn. So you think that Williams will stay up at the professional level? Does Roman have any more options left? I'm not sure if he does have any more options left, but I don't see a future here for him at this point because of his history of injuries, the way that he's been playing this year, and the fact that they're really not using him. But uh, but again, I understand where you're coming from. I I just don't see Corey Dickerson moving the needle to the point that, one, it's going to help the Phillies get any closer to a playoff spot. I, I don't care that he's a professional hitter, as you said. The fact uh, that... As, as they would say. Okay, all right. So I, as I actually they would thought say. that Hazley, having multiple hits in three of his last four games, three home runs. Now, I think he's acquitted himself just fine for a guy who was thrust into something quickly. Yeah, so, so you leave him in that in that position, you continue to let him to play, and then you bring in Nick Williams and give him the opportunity because there's no harm in doing that at this point. Plus, you're getting Jay Bruce back next week. So why get rid of, or why get Corey Dickerson from the Pirates? I just don't see that as being something that's going to do anything for them when the fact is what they needed was arms. Especially and, considering they lost another one for the rest of the season in Robertson. And then so, there's a player to be named later going in that deal, right, along with some international money? Yeah, so we'll have to see whether or not that, if there is a player to be named later, who is going to be and, and see if that impacts things. But I, I look, do you think this is going to make the Phillies a contender? No, but I came into it of the opinion that they had multiple needs and I did not want to sell the farm or our high prospects for somebody who wasn't either going to be under more of a long-term control. I didn't want to send prospects for a short-term rental. Well, you got, I will you, say you got this, your dream. I was surprised that the Mets only had to give their sixth and seventh prospects in their system to get Stroman. I thought that he would have required more to get out of Toronto. I, I'm really lost as to why they did that. Two, well, two of the three big pitching moves that were made in the last 24 hours were teams that are not contenders. Yeah. Why? So, so why did Cincinnati decide that they wanted to get Trevor Bauer? Trevor Bauer they is a guy who could throw the ball over the center field wall. Oh, okay. Well, they got that. Congratulations. <laughs> and, and so the Mets went out and got Stroman, I'm not sure what that's going to do for the Mets. So why why would you give up anything to get those pitchers? It's not like they're under control for the next three to four years. The only move for a, a pitcher, big move for a pitcher, was the deadline move of Zach Greinke. They gave up a lot. Yeah. Uh, well, guess him. what? The Astros are going to win the World Series this year. They are going to win the World Assuming Series. Assuming there's no injuries, the Astros are the prohibitive favorite. But for a guy who had a very big number as a contract, mm -hmm. I thought that Arizona did very well. For what they were trying to move well it was it's great for both teams which is the kind of move you want to make but but then back you go back to the bosart comment which is all i ask people to do is that when you're making trades it's okay to, and you're evaluating trades it's okay to evaluate what the statistics are and what the potential of somebody is what i have a problem with is when people say oh we're giving we're getting something for nothing these are people these are fathers, these are sons, these are friends, they're teammates. Just be respectful of these guys because I don't know how many people work as hard as these guys 
and make as little as these guys, right? I mean, we, we've seen some of these guys make essentially what the concessionaires are making. Yeah, it's... I go back and forth on it. I think the language is unfortunate. I don't, I don't think people really think they're nothing, but I, I think... Well, that was the word that was used I that know, started my that ire. People, I think that people often look at players, especially in this day and age, as assets. And they didn't have to give up what would be considered a big asset to take the risk right. to make that well, move. then you're saying it intelligently, and that's that's what I'm saying. Be respectful Thanks. to these Thank people. Thank you for saying I'm intelligent. Yeah. Let's. Move I, I on. won't happen a lot. Let's but move okay. on. Well, then let's stop and focus on. Yeah. It. Focus on my intelligence. You focus on the iron <laughs> pigs. Uh, the iron pigs are now 51 and 55, fifth in the IL North, ten games back of Scranton Wilkesbury, but there are some bright spots going on with the Iron Pigs. Tell me what's going on, Jeff. Well, you got JoJo, who's now back with AAA after really struggling at the beginning of the season. He seemed to find something going back to Reading. Uh, he has now been named the Phillies Minor League Pitcher of the Week. Uh, he's tw- he's only 22 years old, so he's still a young guy. He posted a 1.64 ERA, which was two earned runs in 11 innings pitched over two starts. I think that's a bonus, and he only gave up eight hits and struck out 12 batters in that time period. Since June 27th, he's put up a 2.03 ERA over his last six starts. Uh, Damon Jones, you know, three starts. He was cruising along, got up to AAA, now three starts. He's got a higher ERA than he'd won at 12.80 with 10 walks and 10 innings. He only walked 33 batters in 80 in 80 that he faced in the, before he was promoted to Lehigh Valley. Little growing pains there, new ball. Well, you, you just said what I, I have a theory, and I would love to the go ball. through the, yes, the statistics of what happens between double A AA and triple A. Maybe I'm wrong, but we've how many pitchers have we interviewed this year? Explain to our listeners what the difference is between double A AA and triple A with the baseball and the major leagues. Well, Cole Irvin explained this a while back to us, and, and other pitchers have mentioned the fact that. In AAA and the majors, they are using a different ball than they are using at single A and double A. The ball is apparently tighter. The seams are apparently tighter in particular. And if the seams are tighter, that means that they're they're closer to the rest of the plane of the ball, which means it's one, harder to grip, and two, those seams serves as, serve as the basis for a ball moving. With that, if you had a baseball that had no seams and was just a round like a racquetball or whatever, there would be no movement to it. It's the seams that cause all the movement and make it you have the ability to do a change up, a curveball, slider, whatever. So if the seams aren't as high, you're going to get less drag on the ball. So I'm wondering if the, the Damon Jones is now a victim of having to use a different ball. It makes no sense to me that there is a different ball between any level. The idea is to make it to the major leagues. I was surprised to learn that. And I mean, we pay a lot of attention, but I was surprised to learn. But the ball that they use in AAA is the same ball they use in the majors. Right. That's why, you know, you see a J.D. Hammer, when he had to come up, he went from AA straight into the majors. He never even Mm -hmm. got to try that other ball before he was there using it professionally. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not, I don't know about you. I'm not worried about Damon Jones and his ability to adjust. He's, it's just, think about it. He's moved from single A to 
to AAA over the course of a couple months. He, he has some, somebody else who's moved up in the system and, and now is kind of on his way back after a coverage from an injury. This guy we talked to recently before he was moved up to Lehigh Valley at Reading, Luke Lefwich. Uh, mm-hmm. Jeff, tell me a little bit about him before we go to the interview. Well, I mean, look, Luke is, I think, a promising young pitcher. Um, he was pretty dominant at the beginning of the season when he was at double A. They moved him to AAA, and then he seemed to kind of falter. Again, I don't know if again if that has something to do with the ball, or I don't know if it had something to do with the injury, because he then had an arm injury. Uh, he was placed on the IL for the seven-day IL, but he was really there for 30 days. Um, in the last week, he did a rehab assignment down in Clearwater at the Gulf Coast League, and this week he has been back, and he's pitched in two games for Reading, in double A. Let's go to the interview we got with him and then we'll come back and talk more. All right, we're here with Luke Leflich at America's Classic Ballpark. Luke, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. All right, well, Luke, before we get to talking about pitching, since you just mentioned it, I hear you live with Derek Hall. Yeah, we've lived together ever since he got brought up here uh, about halfway through last season. So does he still have a bed? <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> we talked to him last year, the day after he got here, mm-hmm. and his most exciting thing was that he didn't have to sleep on a mare mattress. He yeah, he's got his there. own mattress downstairs. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. Is he clean or yeah, is he a messy roommate? Him and Henry Lartigue share a room down in our basement, so yeah. they have to keep it clean or there will be no room to walk. <laughs> so, so what's it like in the day of a minor leaguer off the field, back at back of the house? What do you guys do? Um, it's pretty simple, nothing crazy. We kind of just wake up. We'll uh, uh, One of us, whoever gets up first, makes coffee for the rest of us, and uh-huh. then we'll kind of sit around and drink coffee and talk, whether it's about last night's game or today or just anything at all. Mm-hmm. We just kind of hang out and then we'll all kind of go our separate ways and play a little video games or watch some Netflix and then hang out until we either have to go work out or come to the field or anything like that. Well, since the first time I saw you pitch, things have changed. First time I saw you pitch was in Lakewood and you were a starter. Yeah. And now you're a reliever. Um, What's that change been like for you and how has it been adjusting to it? Um, At first, it was a bit of an adjustment period. I was uh, a little bit unhappy about it at first, but two weeks after it I was excited and thought it was one of the best things that could have happened to me. And, Why? Uh, what, what made you change your mind once you once you got to doing it? It was kind of a mindset change. It was a uh, like once I realized that I personally believe I'm more of a bullpen pitcher than a starter. It was mm-hmm. kind of embracing that and flipping my mentality to having to from having to throw seven innings and then switching it to I can throw my best stuff every pitch for two innings and come back and do it the next day and mm-hmm. like I find that a little bit more fun now you 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 have a, a little bit of advantage in that you have somebody in your own family a couple people in your own family that you mm-hmm. can talk to about pitching yeah um, what's it like your father I actually saw him play when he was with the California Angels back yeah. in I think it was 94 mm-hmm. um, and your grandfather played in the minor leagues mm-hmm. so uh, how's it been having people in your family go through this before you and be able to provide you with guidance oh it's a huge help not only on the field but off the field as well I mean obviously he's been helping me with my pitching and my mechanics and everything like that but I think the most important thing my dad does for me is he's there as a a mental support system on anything whether it's 
like dealing with adversity on the mound or just dealing with minor league baseball in general he's always there for me and he knows me better than anybody and he can know when to give me some tough love or when to kind of hype me up a little bit now was dad a, a coach of yours at any point in yeah he was when I was uh, he coached me until I was probably 11 or 12 and okay. then he kind of said I'm gonna let you go off and do your own thing and kind of hear from some different people and fortunately growing up in Arizona we had a ton of also former big leaguers and things like that that all retire there so I got uh-huh. I was fortunate to have some really good coaching all right what up. was dad like as a coach was he was he harder on you he was tough was, yeah <laughs> in a good way yeah I mean he was tough he always expected the best out of me uh-huh. and I didn't realize it a lot at the time one of those like little kid things where you just think your parents are being hard on you mm-hmm. but I mean in the end you mind talking to my kid afterwards <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll see if I can do that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, when you grow up, you realize that they were right all along. So I mean, uh, it was it was good. It was a good experience growing up getting to play for them. So last year you spent the year at Clearwater. No, I was or, here last year. Oh, you were year. here all mm-hmm. season? All season. Okay. So you're here at Clear uh, I'm sorry, you were here all season and then you went to the Arizona Fall League. Yes. What was that experience like for you? Oh, it was amazing for me. Yeah. It was one of those things I'd always wanted to do since growing up there. You kind of hear of like, wow, like Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, all these great players come through here and play here. And then uh-huh. when they told me I got the opportunity to go play there, I was honored, excited, and it was the first time I got to go play at home since high school. So that was really right. exciting. How far was your family from there? Uh, we were at the Giants facility, and uh-huh. it was like a 25, 30 minute drive from my house. Did you have a lot of people come and uh, watch? Yeah, your games? a lot of family, a lot of friends from high school, and things like that. It was, so how it was special? How did that experience work out for you? Um, Did you learn I mean, anything? Was, I know you were working on your curveball yeah. while you were there. I think most importantly, it just was a big confidence builder for me because I went there, and it's some of the best competition you'll find in the minor leagues, and I did really well, and I competed well, and I just think it was a big confidence booster for me to know that I can go out there against the best of the best and, and succeed. Is it an adjustment not to play with your teammates? I mean, when, when you're playing with your teammates, you know their tendencies you know they're going to be behind you these are guys that you've never played with for the most part but is it hard to throw your pitch with complete confidence that the guys behind you are going to do what they're supposed to do uh, I would definitely not say it was difficult in that regard I yeah. I enjoyed playing with players I'd never played with before it was kind of fun to get to know everybody uh-huh. and obviously everybody there is really good so it's a uh, it's kind of fun to see how other organizations handle things and what's different and what uh, what I like like what I don't like from all these other places and there were a lot of good dudes on our team a lot of good guys and uh, it was fun to just make some new friends I guess so now now you're back in Reading what's it like to have this new coaching staff uh, it's great I mean I played for these two in uh, well I played for Sean in Lakewood and in okay. Clearwater and I had Fultz for a year and a half in Lakewood or in uh, Clearwater right so I mean I know them really well Fultz was our bullpen coach in the fall league too and he and I get along really well Sean and I get along really well I love playing for these guys it's it's always fun every single day coming to the field knowing that they're leading us well the one thing that's not fun is is the opponents that you faced have not been <laughs> able to score a run this year what, what is it about this year that all of a sudden the light bulb has gone on a lot brighter yeah I mean I think it's definitely experience it's a uh, kind of I had a pretty up and down year last year and it was a I started out well and then I had a really rough middle of the season and then I made some adjustments mentally and physically to kind of combat
combat the rough month that I had and finished the year really strong last year and came into this year with that same confidence of kind of like I know what I'm doing I can handle anything and it's been going well for me so far and um, so as, as the season moves so I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm looking at Penny for people <laughs> who don't know who Penny is Penny is the dog who helps with uh, with getting things ready for the game on the field and I don't know what she's doing but she's just standing she's there enjoying yeah um, so, so what's it been the experience been like you know playing in America's classic ballpark I mean you can't beat it here yeah. it's truly an amazing experience midsummer when the crowds get to eight nine thousand people mm -hmm. the weather's nice it's honestly amazing it's one of the, my favorite places I've ever played now you went to college you played for Wofford mm -hmm. how did you make the decision to go play baseball at Wofford and go to college at Wofford um, I was a late bloomer out of high school I kind of didn't really start pitching until really late sophomore year junior uh -huh. year and so I didn't really get seen too much and my senior year I went and played in a tournament in uh, Jupiter Florida and the pitching coach from Wofford gave me a call and he's like hey I know you've never heard of us but we really like you and we'd love for you to come take a visit to campus mm -hmm. and kind of see what we're all about and see what we have to offer and I went out there and loved the coaching staff the campus was beautiful uh, the team was great and it's a really high academic school which my mom was a teacher and is currently an assistant principal so like academics are <laughs> important to my family so uh -huh. it was a once I put all that together it was a pretty easy decision to go there and even though Wofford wasn't a traditional big mm -hmm. baseball school while you were there they set the record for most wins right yeah we did yeah so I think we set it and then broke it and <laughs> <laughs> so what was that experience like it was a ton of fun it yeah. was cool to be uh, I mean I guess we were the best team they've ever had for my junior year and we set a bunch of records and hopefully they break them because that'd be fun to see them be good again do you still keep in touch with your co your coaches from Wofford yeah my head coach texted me yesterday actually and I talk to my pitching coach all the time he's a he's still a good mentor of mine and he helps me with a ton of things all right so seeing that I, I first saw you pitch at Lakewood those are some of the longest bus rides I've ever heard yeah. of. when you were on that team how did you fill the 14 hours that was the bus ride down to Augusta or Rome? Uh, luckily we had a sleeper bus so yeah. we had some beds on it and uh, I watched a lot of movies uh -huh. and I tried to sleep as much as possible but I would I pick like movie series like I watched all of like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and all these like basically the longest movie series I could find <laughs> to kill enough time and I would try and do that and, and now now what do you guys do when you're on the buses um, a lot of us got some Nintendo switches because yeah. we can all play with each other on the uh -huh. bus and we'll do that play Mario Kart or Super Smash Bros things like that and uh, I've gotten into reading and I guess more just watching movies I hear there's like some that. mean card games that go on oh there are some there are some card games yeah I'm not a huge card game player but uh -huh. um, there's definitely some intense battles on the bus with who are the cards. who are the most competitive guys in the card games um, Tom Eshelman's a big card game player yeah. Mickey Moniak Josh Steven those guys are the staples of the card games and then people kind of rotate in and out I know Luke Williams has been getting into it a lot lately all right before I let you go we got a, we got a noon game here today yeah who's it better for the pitchers or the hitters um 
I mean, the pitchers always have the advantage, so I'm just going to keep that one. <laughs> Do you like pitching with these day games? Yeah, I like it. I mean, Yovera told us this morning, he said, I love pitching in day games because the hitters aren't awake yet. <laughs> I think that says it all right there. Well, we look forward to watching you go up to the next level yeah, and in the majors. It. Take care. Thank you very much. Jeff, obviously we did that interview earlier in the season. Uh, he since moved up to Lehigh Valley, as we mentioned, and now working his way back. Well, it's good to see that Luke's healthy again. I mean, that's the most important thing. And, uh, you know, he has good perspective. You could see that from his discussion earlier this year, and we hope to catch up with him in the next couple of weeks to kind of find out what's, you know, what's been happening and how, how healthy he is and getting back to pitching and doing what he does. Let's talk a little more about some of the movement that we've seen this week in the system. Catchers all over the place. Tell me. So, I mean, obviously, first you have Austin Bosart. Um, and as a result of Bosart leaving the team and as part of the trade for Vargas, you have Henry Lartigue, who is still there, which now leaves an opening for somebody. And that's created all this movement. So as a result of Bosart moving on, you now have Jack Connolly, who we have got to get an interview with. Because if people got to hear Spencer Howard last week, Spencer said to us, that uh, the one guy that would need to have his own show is Jack Connolly. He said that he's entertaining, so we have to find out what exactly is it that, that we need to see. I think when we go to Reading next, we need to get the uh-huh. two of them together. Because Spencer's new at Reading, yeah. and we can get them together. I think we could have some fun with that. <laughs> I'm in. Tell me some other movement with catchers in the system. Yeah, so the other ca- the other catchers in the system is one, Raphael Marchand, who's a... a big prospect international prospect uh who the Phillies signed a couple years ago um he has moved on from Lakewood on to Clearwater the big news to me though is the two catchers that were down at the crosscutters they continue to make news and open eyes they've they've just been really good I mean both of them so they had two catchers down there which was Logan O'Hoppy who's still there and they had uh Aparicio was the other one and Aparicio is the guy if you just look at his stats, has been just stellar. Um, Aparicio was the Phillies minor league player of the week. Um, he's only 19 years old, as is Ohapi, and he's slashing a 556, 600, 778. He went 10 for 18 with two doubles, one triple, four RBIs, and four runs scored in his last five games, and he's hit safely in six straight games, including five multi-hit performances during that stretch. His 32 games in Williamsport, and people have to keep in mind the reason that he hasn't played that many games is because Williamsport is a short season league, so they start later than all the others. Uh, he's batting a league leading 374 with a 1.16 OPS. It's really been eye-opening uh, for the teams in terms of that catcher performance, which they need. Do you think that they stay in short season ball, or do we? Well, no. Aparicio just moved up, yeah, so so, so he up moved now. up to Lakewood, and, and I think what what that does is it opens it up for Aparicio to play the rest of the season, getting more games in, and Ohapi staying at Williamsport and getting more games in. Now, Ohapi himself is also. Uh, he warrants a promotion, but I, there's no urgency to it because, again, he's another 19-year-old catcher. 
In his last two games, he's just been on fire, batting 436, two homers. That's actually and, his last 10 games, uh, not even his last two. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's a greater sample size. He's got yeah. two home runs and 13 <laughs> yeah. RBIs on the season. Uh-huh. He's hitting 268. He leads the team with five home runs and 22 RBIs in 30 and games that's played. Sh- and that's sharing the spot with Aparicio. And so two, now again, two 19-year-olds. So that's mm-hmm. sort of what you want to see in the system. Some struggles from Bryson Stott, not terribly surprising. No, I mean, look, people saw Alec Bohm struggle when he got to the 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 system last year, and look how he's doing. So I have no problems thinking that uh, Bryson Stott's going to figure it out, and next year he's going to move through the system pretty quickly. Any final words, Jeff, for the week? I think it's just going to be another good week of baseball. I wish the temperature would go down so we can go out to some more games without sweating. Thank you so much for joining us this week on the High Hopes Phillies Minor League Rundown. Join us every Thursday night as we take you into Red and Fighting Baseball. Have a great one.